When it comes to prayer, a lot of the time, many people see prayer as something that we have to have a strategy for, that we have to do in a certain way so that we can either get what we want from God or so that we can feel a certain way. But prayer is so much more than simply getting something from God or just to fulfill some desire in ourselves. Prayer is entering into a relationship with the God Almighty who loves us so much that He wants each and every one of us to enter into a deep and personal relationship with Him. An example that we have of truly communicating with God, of real prayer, is what this man did in the Gospel, this centurion. He got what he wanted from God by the end of the story. He got his servant to be healed, but in the process, he shows us how he understood who he was speaking to, how he understood that to speak to God is something that, that is such a great grace that we have the opportunity to do. And that's what he realized, and that's what he shows us with the very first word that he says to Jesus. And it's so significant that this man calls Jesus Lord. Because the centurion was a man who was not a Jewish person. He was a Roman who had authority over about a hundred Roman soldiers. That's where the name comes from, from century. So he was a Roman who basically was a pagan and did not believe in the one God. And yet, unlike so many of the Jews at the time of Jesus, he saw the real identity of Jesus and he calls him Lord. He understood that while he was looking at a simple Jewish man, at a simple son of a carpenter, that that's not all he was. But he truly was the Lord. And that's what this man understood. And so we in our prayer life, when we speak to God, do we understand who it is that we are speaking to? Do we see God as just another person in this world, like any other type of relationship? Or do we understand that Jesus is the Lord of heaven and earth and wants to be the Lord of our life? Do we see beyond the, the simplicity that the Lord presents himself with? For example, when we're here in the church and we are in the presence of God Almighty in the form of bread and wine, what do we see here in the Mass? Do we see with just human eyes? Do we see with very simple understanding that this is just bread and wine? Or do we see like how this man saw beyond just the physical appearances? Do we see that it's more than just the physical appearances? Do we see that this is actually God himself who came down into this world and wants to be with us? When we pray, how do we address God and what is the spirit that we address God in? So the first step toward having a good prayer, according to the way that this man approaches Christ is to first understand who it is that we are speaking to. And the second thing is to understand who we are because that's what this man understood. He had a very high social status and he had a lot of power as he expresses here. He had so much power and yet he said, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. How are we when we pray? Do we tell God, I'm so good, I come to church, I pray every day, I give to the poor, and I do this and that, and so because of that, I deserve for you to do for me exactly what I want. Is that how we pray? Or do we pray like how this man did? 
do we plead to God with a true sense of understanding of who we are? That no matter what we have in this world, we are still sinners in need of the grace of God. No matter how much power we have, there is still God above us. That's what this man understood. And then when he asked Jesus, when he pleaded for the thing that he wanted, he didn't tell Jesus to do it in a certain way. At the very beginning, when he first came to Christ, he simply just says what the problem was. Much like what we heard about a couple weeks ago in the Gospel with Mother Mary at the first miracle of Jesus, when she went up to Christ at the wedding at Cana, and she simply said, they have no wine. And then she left it to him to find the solution. This man, very similar thing. He goes to Christ and he said, my servant is lying paralyzed at home in terrible distress. And then he just leaves it to Christ to say, I will come and heal him. When we pray, do we give God a list of things that we want to be done in our way and in our time? Or do we truly trust in God? Trust is the foundation of a good prayer life. To first understand who it is that we are speaking to, and to second understand who we are as weak sinners that are in need of the grace of God, and then to trust that He will give us what not necessarily just we want, because a lot of the time, what we want is not necessarily good for us. Because we have sinful desires that we sometimes give into, and it's not necessarily good for us. But who knows better for us than our Creator Himself, than our Father, who sees our whole life, who doesn't just see the moment that we are living in. We just see the moment. We just see the one person that we're talking to or the, the situation that we are dealing with. But God sees the whole picture. And God knows what will be best for us. Do we know that God knows that? Do we trust that God knows that? And will we say, Lord, like how the Lord Himself taught us, let your will be done. Let your will be done and I trust in you. And we present the Lord with how we feel, like, like how this man did, with whatever is on our hearts. I'm in terrible distress and I need you. I don't know exactly what I need, but I need you to show me. And so this man was blessed to have the Lord Himself heal him. And it was because this man trusted in the word of Jesus. He trusted in just one simple word from the Lord. Prayer is not just a one-way conversation, because then it's not a conversation. Then it's not a dialogue. It's a monologue. Prayer is not us giving a speech to God. Prayer is, like I said at the beginning, it's a relationship. And so then what does that mean? It means that it's not just our word. What does this man say? Say the word and my servant will be here, healed. We have to listen for the word of the Lord and that has to be the foundation of our life. The word of the Lord has to guide every decision that we make. Instead of being guided by the so many words that we hear in this world. And so there's a question that we could ask ourselves. What guides our life? Which word is it? Is it the word of the musician that I listen to in the morning on the way to work? And is that what starts my day? Is that the first thing that enters my mind? Cuss words and bad language and dirty things? Or is the first thing that enters my mind when I open the word of God in the morning and God enters my mind and my heart and He establishes a foundation for my day? During the day, am I trying to think about God? Am I trying to hear the voice of God during my day? 
at night right before I sleep, when I know that I might be tempted with bad thoughts, do I end the night with the Word of God? With God Himself trying to speak His message to me? Do I understand that my life should be guided by the God who created me and the God who loves me? This man, although he was apparently from the outside, from, from, from the surface, apparently he looked like he was so far from God, and yet he had so much faith to the point that this is the only time in the Gospels that Jesus for one specific person says that, he, the Gospel says that he marveled. He was amazed at this man's faith because he had such a deep understanding of God and of his relationship with God. And so brothers and sisters, as we meditate on this gospel and as we try to enhance our prayer life so that we make it more deep, it's an opportunity for us to think about how we actually pray in our lives and to try to make our prayer life better. And we have a great opportunity starting not tomorrow, but next Monday, which is the first day of Lent, Soma. And we sometimes think of things that we can do to grow in our prayer life or things to fast from, things to give up that may be distracting to us. And a lot of the time, I'll share my personal experience with you. I'll start something that would be very good for me during Lent, and then Lent ends, and then I'll say, okay, you know, now I can, I can slack off a little bit because Lent is over. But an idea that I always try to do is if I know that something is good for me and I'm thinking about doing it for Lent, why not start before Lent? Why not start now, this week, if it's something good for me, if it's something when it comes to prayer, for example, if I can add reading the Bible every day, praying the rosary every day, going to Eucharistic adoration, coming to daily Mass, to not wait until Lent, but to start now because it's good for my soul. And then that way, once Lent is over, I could say that I started it outside of Lent and I can continue it outside of Lent also. The Lord wants us to always be growing in our faith and in our relationship with Him. He wants to keep drawing us closer so that He can establish Himself as the Lord of our lives, like how this man understood, and so that He can give us all of the blessings that He truly knows that we need in our lives. Amen.